to the David Glenn Show. One of the more amazing stories I've covered in now 33 years of following the Atlantic Coast Conference. I saw Duke football not dead for an entire half century, even dating back to before I was born, but mostly dead for 50 years. Our next guest brought the Blue Devils football program back to life. And at this point, he's taken them to the top 25 of the final polls. He's taken them to an ACC title game appearance. He's taken them to six bowls in the last seven years after it had been a long time for even a single appearance. And he has the Devils truly in the national spotlight this weekend. They are in Atlanta against number two Alabama and head coach Nick Saban. We're speaking, of course, of David Cutcliffe, the now 12th-year leader of the Duke Blue Devils. Coach Cut, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, and thank you, David. I appreciate the um, the comment, and I, uh, you know what, I appreciate the fact that, and I mean this sincerely and deeply, we're, we're unique in this fact that we, we got a lot of the same people are still here for all 12 years. Yeah. We've had good people leave, and make a huge difference, but and I've said it over and over, we've earned this opportunity in Atlanta, and we have, but it's been a collection of all the players through these 12 years, all of the coaches and support staff and the people surrounding Duke football, so maybe that makes it a little bit more emotional for us than most people might think. No doubt about it, and we talked about some crazy numbers earlier this week, Coach. You know, Duke doesn't have to reveal this stuff as a private university, but Alabama's getting, you know, $4.5 million to appear in this game. Duke does not get invited to a game like this for most of my time covering such things and now you earned as you said that right so credit to a whole generation of people before we dive into the football how do you describe as someone born in the state of Alabama as a graduate of the University of Alabama what made you pick the tide over Auburn so long ago and how long after you exited the birth canal did you actually get to make that decision well, yeah, there, that is the key element in the state of Alabama. It is a birthright, and you are not to go against the birthright. So my uh, grandmother, my dad, all of his siblings, I mean, there was no choice that had to be made. And Coach Bryant um, was a part of, of, of conversation I mean, literally, uh, every time my dad and his brothers got together, and, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I had an older brother that was brave enough to tell Coach Bryant no. He was recruited by every SEC wow. team. He was a defensive lineman, and he went to Florida to play. Wow. And I literally did. I'm. He's eight years my, my senior, eight years older than I am. I, I was looking – for one of my uncles to come over with a gun and shoot him. Oh, uh, I, I thought they might. They were not happy about it. Um, and he did it. I mean, he told both Alabama and Auburn. Uh, and he loved – Ray Graves was kind of a different guy uh, as a head coach. And he just fell in love with Coach Graves and went to the University of Florida to play with Spurrier down there. Wow, that's like some level of blasphemy slash sacrilege. Well, I really was worried, and I had conflict. They they played Alabama, I think, maybe once while he was there. And I had real – I felt guilt, you know, about maybe I was going to pull for Alabama, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and 
it, it, it uh, I really did. And so it was, it's birthright in that state. You either are for Alabama or you are for Auburn. You don't change that birthright. Part of your story as a coach includes success at Ole Miss, where you have to deal with Alabama, right? Yeah. Success with Peyton Manning and other amazing teams at Tennessee, where you have to deal with Alabama all the time. And now at Duke, you don't have to deal with Alabama all the time, but here they are across from you again. What's the best way to summarize in a world where lots of guys feel a gravitational pull to their own alma mater, and Alabama's maybe the most famous program ever. You're one of the most famous offensive gurus in modern college football history. Why did that marriage never happen as an assistant coach or as a head coach? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I had um, had a couple of opportunities. A couple of times Alabama came calling about an offensive coordinator job uh, when I was at Tennessee. And, um, you know, I think I'm just – kind of naturally really loyal and, you know, to, to the people I'm with. And I, I, I just, I just felt like I was going to be a traitor to those young people that I had helped recruit, uh, the guys I was coaching. And it was difficult for me to, uh, say no. And, um, you know, I always thought in the back of my mind that I would end up coaching there. Yeah. And it, it was going to bother me if I didn't. And then, you know, we, are, we outgrow those things, yeah. you know. But as a young coach in my 20s and 30s, I, I thought that would happen. Um, but um, it's all good. Things do happen for reasons. And I think we are all put on earth for a purpose. And I think I found mine. I really do. Man, I knew the answer to that question as I asked it, but I am so glad you just put it into those words because that says so much about what makes you unique. I appreciate you sharing that as, of course, you have a football game on your mind more than your life story. I saw you – I mean, I'm almost qualified enough to tell you that Alabama has great football players, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, do, believe me. I mean, I don't, I don't need your expertise to see that part. But there's another level to this, Coach, where I think you see probably – Dozens of things that we don't see. If you, as you complimented Nick Saban, we all see his record. We get that part. But as you describe, you're not only going against a talented team uh, with a team you believe in your own talent, but you listed a bunch of reasons that the tide strike you as very well coached under Nick Saban. Like what all goes into that kind of part of this equation? Well, I will tell you, I start with an, with every opponent I watch extra point rushes hmm. and I know that sounds a little crazy but as a coach if you see a team play you don't you should never surrender a point if I see a team that will play that point hard then I know somebody's really coaching hmm. them like they should be coached and then I start working my way through the kicking game and every element every attention to detail is there the uh for example, their punt return. They're a very dangerous punt return team. They have a nice mixture of rush and a nice mixture of return, but every stance is the same. You can't read their rush and you can't read their return. That's attention to detail. That's coaching to the nth degree. And as hard as I try, I can't find that tip for our guys. So what you do is that you're not free releasing because you can read uh, hold up, you're you're having to first and foremost protect the punt first. 
So they do a great job of mixing double teams. Uh, they do a great job. They will rush you in a heartbeat. Don't go to sleep. So that's the type thing. And then offensively and defensively, uh, football's beautiful when all 11 people uh, are, know what to do and how to do it. And you see that in, in Alabama. The, the defense, the, every gap's filled. Uh, there's no hesitation when they react to a run. There's no hesitation in, in how they read and react to pass. And, and they do it well. Then offensively, their splits are good at receiver. Their splits are good up front. Their alignments are good. Uh, the quarterback is truly outstanding. He uses his eyes well. He's got what I call a quiet lower body, so he can deliver the ball in an instant, a flash. And I don't know if he's always naturally been that way or if he's been coached that well. But, um, yeah, that's all what I'm seeing. And I'm just in – I'm I'm just going, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know. But it, it, the beauty of it is is that we know all those strengths as well. We have pointed them out to our players. So what are our strengths? What have we developed? Yeah. How well are we coaching? What's our attention to detail? And so your only choice is to attack strength with strength. And if things go well, and we got a young team, and I know the environment's going to be tough, but if we maintain focus, if we play for 60 minutes, hey, we we got a shot to win this football game, but nothing is there gonna be no gifts. And so we'll learn a lot about ourselves in Atlanta on Saturday. You might have just answered my next question and I know we gotta let you go. It's David Cutcliffe on Twitter at David Cutcliffe. As you guys are smart, you, they know that the conversation on the outside is, you know, what's the point spread going to be more than yeah. who's going to win the game. Yeah. But this is a, this is Deion Jackson in front of America. This is Victor DiMuchegi in front of America. Your, yeah. your new quarterback, Quentin Harris, in front of America. You know, w- how do you change that conversation? Do you even utilize the outside conversation as you head to play the tide? Well, I would have to be, you know, really naive to, to think that they don't hear it. Right. They don't know it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to meet with them tonight. And I like to do this on Thursday night as we get closer to a ball game. I'm not going to – but I'm, I'm going to talk about some of those things tonight, but how you – where you put it, how you compartmentalize it. We're not going to get, quote, fired up and just whip anybody. Right. We're going to have to play well. we got to compartmentalize all of those emotions, all of those feelings. But the biggest part that they should feel good about, they've done the work. They've done the preparation. And any mistake that occurs, we're not going to play timid. Any mistake that occurs is mine on Saturday because I'm supposed to have them ready right now. And what I what I expect them, their part is line up well. After that, you better pull your trigger. And if you don't do it well enough, then, hey, it's on me. And that's, that's kind of the conversation we're having moving in, knowing it's a huge challenge. It's okay to carry a little chip on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. It, shouldn't you? Amen. So, you know, we'll have a little bit of that, too. Hey, congratulations to you and that entire small army you were describing on 12 years of earning this National Spotlight game. Uh, we wish you well on the big stage, Coach, and, and you know we always appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. Well, David, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Right back at you. He's on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. Six